What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dissect That Film, where we dissect your favorite films, film franchises, and TV. Today, on a new edition of Slice of TV, we are reviewing Paramount Plus's newest TV series, Halo, based on the hit video games from Microsoft slash Xbox. Joining me is the one, the only, Mr. Shoning. I feel that's way overhyped, but hey, I, I'll take it, and my ego is inflated because of it. <laughs> Listen, I should have asked you before we did the recording if you wanted to be introduced with your full name or just Shoning, but I was like... It honestly doesn't matter because <laughs> I use my last name as my gamer tag, so it's like it's like I'm not really trying to hide anything here. Right. It's the same with me. My last name was always involved in my name, so it's like, well... Who cares if I add my first name? Who gets the well, that was just figure it, it out. <laughs> exactly. I was just like sitting there going like, oh, what? I, I see this all the time. Like, oh, what's what's the inspiration behind your gamer tag? And I'm like, it's yeah. legitimately my last name with a right. zero replacing the O. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Absolutely. It's it definitely was great to be able to reach out to you and ask you if you wanted to do this. And you were like, hell to the yeah. And I was super pumped. Because, um, you know, it's it's great to bring other people onto the show. And I know like Dan and Angela they're you know, when it comes to the TV series, like Angela's more into some of them and Dan's not into it. So it's kind of fun for especially for this show where I can bring in some fresh faces or do things on my own like I decided to do. <laughs> love it. I love every bit of it. But thank thank you again for being here. So we're talking about Halo, the TV show, the the. I think it's almost 10 years in the in the making. This yeah. originally was kind of conceived back in 2013. And this, I remember vividly, there was some big names attached with Steven Spielberg, by the way, is an executive producer on the show. His production company, production company, Emblem, is, you know, behind this. He has been with it the entire way. It was just trying to find which avenue they wanted to go in. Did they want to do films? Did they want to do a show? And I'm just happy it's here, even if it does have its faults. I'm happy with what, what we're getting. So from what I've read, this is a it's not a, you know, point for point of the games. This is actually its own right. thing. They pretty right. much took elements of the game, put it in the show, and they're creating their own story. It's yeah. So I, I think what I found absolutely amazing about this, this was that basically while it is based on the, in the halo universe, it's a totally different timeline. We're not, mm -hmm. we're not following the events yeah. of the games. We're not following the events of the books, which really upset a, a lot of fans. Oh yeah. I, I get, I get it. I mean, you take something and, um, I feel like that's kind of been a, a stigma in the let's take games and put them on the big screen sort of thing is what do you do? How creative do you get with this? Do you stay completely accurate to the content? Do you basically just take cutscenes and make them into a movie or a TV show? Or do right. you do what Halo's doing here, which is basically like, let's rewrite this timeline. It's going to be in the wide world the exact same, but the way the events happen are, is totally different. Yeah, it's what I... I mean, this... this show already it's only two episodes in and this show is already super divisive you have your hardcore halo fans who are just 
shouting at their televisions as they watch it, especially when they see certain things happening. And even me, you know, as I I've, as I, as I wear a PlayStation shirt, we're talking about an, an Xbox <laughs> game. <Blasphemy. laughs> um, you know, I've been a Halo fan since day one. You know, I remember going to my friend's house way back, you know, in two was it two thousand one when Halo, you oh, know, Combat yeah. Evolve came out. Going to his house and playing the hell out of this game. Halo is just it's ingrained in video game culture and people are very passionate about this franchise and it, it, this franchise has been through, you know, it's highs and it's deep, deep into the bowels of hell, you know, for some right. people and to finally get a show that's been kind of in the works for, I mean, I think it is even before 2013. Cause I remember back in 2009, Neil Blomkamp, who's the director of district nine, uh, which is, an amazing film. You should, should anyone who has never seen that movie should go see it. That movie only exists because Neil Blomkamp uh, was signed. Like he was pretty much put in task of making a halo film and it just, it just wasn't working. Peter Jackson was behind it too. He was like the overseer of it and it just wasn't working out. And so Peter Jackson was like, all right, just, we're going to scrap doing this Halo thing and we're just go make a movie you want to make. And that's why we got District 9. And to be honest, I'm happy with it because District 9 is a great film. District 9 was legitimately a movie that when I saw the stuff come out for it, I, I was kind of like, I was like, I don't think I'm going to watch this. And then there was one day that it was, I mean, way after release that I finally saw it on like cable. And I was like, I, I watched it from the beginning and I was like, Holy cow, I okay. totally missed out on all of this. Right. Yeah, man. So yeah, it's a Paramount Plus exclusive. So, you know, if you don't have Paramount Plus, you ain't watching this movie or you ain't watching this show. Which, I guess, that's just how things are working nowadays with, with brand, these new TV shows. It's just easier for them to just throw it on a streaming service instead of it, you know, them throwing it on cable or... Because they can do more. I mean, you could tell with these first two episodes, some of the things that they were able to do, like the the blood and the gore, and it, it, there's there's nudity in one of the episodes. Like, there's a little bit of nudity yeah. towards the end of the second episode, and you're just kind of like, "Whoa, okay, oh, this did is, not expect uh, this at all." Yeah, I mean, you, I honestly was a little thrown back by it when I first saw it. I was mm -hmm. just kind of like, "Oh, okay, so we are actually going to tailor to like the adult audience here a mm -hmm. little bit." Um. It just because like nudity is not anything that you saw in the video games. And no. all of a sudden it's just like, it's just like, oh, hey, here we go. We're going to pull like a Game of Thrones and just throw, mm -hmm. you know, just yeah. it's there. Yep. Nope. Uh, I think some of the things that they added to this that we also didn't see in the games. I don't remember. And this is really not spoiling anything as we're currently in the non-spoiler part of this of the show we will announce when we're going to talk spoilers uh when the covenant uh, what is it what is he considered he's like a high priestess or high priest or prophets. something like that or the prophets right yep my halo lingo is not on par so shoning is here to help me out I, i'm here to help <laughs> so he's talking to this you know the per, uh, this person and they're talking in like an alien language did they do that in the games i just thought that they just spoke english so there's reference to the fact that the Sangheilis and the prophets have their own own uh, languages, mm -hmm. um, but it's not 
directly addressed in the video games. Um, you you kind of understand that there is a thing that goes on there, but I'm I'm impressed that they took the liberty in the vi- in the show to actually like this is how they're talking. It seemed to just meld so weirdly with the fact that like this in the video games that this covenant army just knew how to speak English. So like you'd hear right. them say like demon or you know something and then arbiter basically could just have like a full-on conversation with master chief the whole time i mean it was just casual like (laughs) like hey this this alien just knows english and that's great you know (laughs) i I feel like it adds a more realistic aspect to it because it's kind of like i mean in in this show you're still uh, the coven the the UNSC does not know what the Covenant really wants, and the Covenant right. is really, they, they don't care. The The humans are just something that's in their way at this point. Mm-hmm. So It's just neat because it nobody's taking the time to lo- really learn. You kind of hear a few things that the humans are trying to translate the Sangheili language, but mm-hmm. they don't know how to speak it, so... Right. Yeah, because they talk, they talk about how... You know, when they talk about the covenant, a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's, we just thought it was a myth. We didn't know these. Mm-hmm. This was real. We just thought it was some some BS at the was it the UNSC or USNC? UNSC. UNSC. Yep. Uh, that they were kind of just you know spewing into the universe. What? Um. So we're talking about episode one and two because we're a little late to the party here. Uh, I was trying to figure out whether or not we were going to either I was going to review this show, and then I said, "Screw it, we're going to do it," because I have been a huge fan of the Halo series, the video game series um, since the beginning and Shoning is a big Halo fan. So I figured since I got somebody to talk to about this show, why not do it? So we're doing episode one and two. Uh, Episode two just came out today as of this recording, but this won't be out until Monday. Shoning, what did you think of episode one titled Contact? Okay, so so doing this without any spoilers, I'm going to give the most vague yet (laughs) i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to draw these people in because i want people to give this show a chance i don't want you to sit there and hear the 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 thing saying well but halo the 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 tv shows nothing like the games you're right it's nothing like the games it's not it doesn't follow the story you're not going to sit there and all of a sudden just be thrust into john 117 and you're just going to discover halo you don't do that number one we're back before halo is even known about i mean they they don't even know about the rings um the thing is is that while this is not true to the lore of the video games and the books the writing in this and the character acting is phenomenal it is very well done and the characters make you you get invested into their stories um, it took me only just a few minutes within the first episode to find to just I was like, I, I got to know a little bit more about this. What what is going on? I mean, uh, they wrote such a good. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. Um, John is such more of an enigma in this one. Uh, he is just a. He's he's a Spartan in this one and that's all he is he is not the master chief that you know in the video in the um 
in the video games, he's he while he has the rank of Master Chief, he is not the guy that you know when you meet him in uh, Halo Combat Evolved. Right. He's like a alternate universe Master Chief. If you want to right. go into Marvel speak, he's from like he's from the multiverse. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you're actually pretty pretty right because I mean you've got what they call the gold timeline and the silver timeline. So the gold being uh, the video games and the silver being what's uh, going on on Paramount Plus right now. Yeah. So in, in a way, multiverse, could we see something in the future? Probably not, but it's no, a neat thing. probably Two not. Master Chiefs, it, it'd be too yeah. much and make my head explode. It's. It, I think the re- so the reason they did it was so that because of the fact that the video game series is still going on and it has been around for now 21 years they don't want to mess with that. They don't want to do a prequel that then has to lead into, you know, Halo Combat Evolved, which clearly if you, you know, before people figured out it was, is, had nothing to do with the games, um, would this t- would take place before it. They just, they wanted to do their own thing. They just wanted mm-hmm. to, they just took core things that from the games that people liked and they're like, we're going to make our own story based on this, whether you like it or not, which a lot of people clearly didn't like it based on the fact that there was just so much in there. It was like, that wouldn't have happened. Why is he like that? Why is he doing that? And you're like, and I did, a, I did that a couple times until I read up that it was their own. They were doing their own thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. OK, I'm going to enjoy this a little bit more. I think it threw me for a loop kind of when. uh it was like the day before the first episode came out. Like they were like, Oh yeah. The, the, the producers on this show, like they didn't play any of the video games. They didn't read any of the books. They were, they just kind of like read a synopsis of the halo lore. And (laughs) we give you this. And I was just like, Oh, okay. I'm losing faith real quick. I watched the episode and I was pleasantly surprised. Right. It it's always those early you know reviews by people who just you know they're they're hardcore fans and I appreciate the 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 fans out there who are very you know they're protective of of you know of a franchise which is fine but you gotta spread your wings a little bit all right you gotta let people take something that you love and kind of do their own thing with it you know and clearly them coming out and saying that they are creating their own timeline that that's fine with me. I'm cool with that because it's not going to mess with anything. And I feel I'm not going to nitpick at things. Now I'm not going to be like, well, that doesn't make any sense because there is a big thing that happens in this first episode that never happens in the game. And when it does happen, you never see. It's hard to explain it without spoiling what event I'm talking about. But when we get, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit when we get to the the spoiler part and yeah, divulge all. That, yeah, I do you have anything to add on your non-spoiler review um review on this? I I feel like I feel like it's just I need you need to give it a try. If you, if you're somebody out there and and regardless of whether you've wa- you've played the Halo video games since Combat Evolved, whether you jumped in mid, you know, mid whatever, I don't care if you've just read the books. This show, the way that they set it up is for any, anybody i don't care how little of halo knowledge you've got because they are hitting all of the marks they're helping you fill in who these people are what they're doing and where this story is going from here i i they're just they're doing a good job of storytelling and they're bringing in people hopefully a whole nother 
group of people who never have even played the Halo games, never even heard of Halo, exactly. but they're like, hey, I want it. Exactly. And they're going to, there's going to be like the people that I heard that watched The Witcher. I mean, they're going to be like, wait, this is a video game. And everybody's like, yeah, it's multiple video games and mm -hmm. it's still going strong. And everybody's like, let me play the video games because I loved this. And then they love the video right. games and they're like, they're like, my life has been a lie because I didn't know this existed. So I feel like if Halo does this right, and it seems that they're on the right track for it. I feel like they can do that here. They can pull a Witcher. They can pull, um, you know, they can pull just a whole bunch more people into this into this lore and franchise. Oh, I 100% agree. I feel lately, when it comes to video game adaptations, either TV or movies, it's kind of been going strong the last couple of years. You know, a lot of people were very like doubtful of sonic like they thought it was mm -hmm. going to be an absolute train wreck and sonic no joke from in my opinion is probably one of the better video game movies ever made sonic I the hedgehog what, we're talking about here <laughs> i think what hit hit that real big for me was when when the fans out cried because they hated the original design of sonic yes they i mean the the producers the i mean everybody they went back and they were like hey we have to do this right. We have the burden of this whole franchise on our shoulders right now, and we need to make this work. And they went back and they completely reworked the character. Right. And I think that was what needs to be done. You have to take the fan base into account with this. You have to sit there and go, hey, now while we're not staying 100% true to this source material that we have in front of us, we have to keep it at least within these boundaries and you have to find yeah. those boundaries that have to be set so that you still have the creative ability, but you're not taking away from what everybody loves. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, I agree. The only franchise that seems to not get it, just can't figure out how to get it right is resident evil, but I'm hoping this Netflix show that's coming out soon can change because whoo, it only <laughs> takes one. It, yes. ta it takes one. Please. And that's Please. It. <laughs> I mean, I, I heard a lot of people, I had the same thing when they released the Assassin's Creed movie a few years ago. I was excited for it because I was like, hey, I love the Assassin's Creed stuff. I personally liked the movie. A lot of people didn't. I I thought it was pretty good. I don't think it was I, as bad I as people it, thought. I thought, but... it held, I thought it held pretty too, true to the kind of the core material, but you can't please all of the people all the time, so. Nope. Not at all. This... I was pleasantly surprised how well this episode was, uh, you know, put out there, especially, you know, people got to realize this is a TV show that's got TV, you know, budget. I don't know what the budget is on this on the show, but you can tell that it's not as high budgeted as some, you know, let's say a Marvel movie or, you know, other action, you know, related uh, media. But to be honest, the special effects look pretty good. The the design of the Spartan suits looked really good, especially Master. I mean, Master Chief looks like Master Chief, you know, with maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of changes on his on his suit. But he looks like Master Chief. I think people, you know, of course, people are going to question his his voice. He doesn't sound like Master Chief. It listen, it you, you just got to. You just got to go with it. OK, he's this dude. It's an actor behind us in a suit and he's it's just like the Mandalorian. All right. It's just people need to chill. All right. It, Enjoy this it's, show. It's it's hard to throw a new actor with a totally different voice in when you've got somebody with such an iconic voice like Steve Downs. Hmm. I mean, you've 
you've got just this this picture in your head and you never see master chief's face in the video games whereas you see it quite a bit in in the tv show um and so so i feel like it was a double whammy the voice is different but when you see the face you're just like holy cow um this is not what i expect no and i think that's part of the turnoff for a lot of Mm -hmm. halo uh like the people that have to be very you know that the, it should be this way you should have had steve downs hey uh master chief should never take his helmet off and i'm like what's what's this hurting right i mean don't what be don't it? get me i can't be too harsh on people for being upset when he takes spoilers everybody sorry uh we forgot to mention this is a pretty pretty decent spoiler of him removing his helmet hey oh that's true yeah i yeah. screwed that up um our apologies we're gonna put spoiler listen you this isn't our first time doing this show so if you don't know that there's spoilers in this there's spoilers in this <laughs> yeah that it was a that was something that was kind of like all right so we play so there was literally how many games with master chief now six we're We've up ju- to six yeah with the core games with master chief and i believe he takes off his helmet in one of them don't know remember which one but you never see his face he takes it off and he kind of maybe it was from a trailer i don't even remember but i remember seeing him take off his helmet but you never see his head you never see like you don't even see the back of his head you he he takes it off and then it just shows his helmet this is like here you go guys first episode we're about 10 minutes from the end and he takes his helmet off and you're like no Please no! Like I can't see his face. This this doesn't make any sense. Why is this happening? But then you just once you realize that this is its own entity, then I can forgive it for doing something like as drastic as as Chief taking his helmet off. That's like, listen, if you if anyone here you know who is listening or watching has seen The Mandalorian, one of the biggest things of the main character is he doesn't take his helmet off because it's part of his religion. It's like against his religion. And that's like if he states that in the beginning of the episode and then by the end of the first episode, the Mandalorian just whips his helmet off. It's just that's like basically it. Uh, I and the, and the weird part is, is I mean, it, it's a big thing. I understand because it, it never happens in the games, but there's mm-hmm. nothing written in the games or the books or anything like that that says Master Chief never removed his helmet. I, I right. mean, actually, there's. I think if I remember right in the books, there's actually quite a few references to the fact that John's out of his suit a lot. Like any, any time he's not in, in combat. I mean, he's, it's just, I mean, his suit is for combat, right? When he goes into combat, he gets his suit on it. It's just, I mean, that's just part of it. And I feel like them showing you his face is kind of like a, Hey, this person is real. There, There is a person Mm-hmm. behind this mask and we are invested in him not what he is or, or you know what right I, we're, we're not looking the suit we're looking at the person inside the suit we want to see him as more than just this hulking you know machine that right. to be honest that's what master chief pretty much is in the game he's just a you know i mean he does have a he does show emotions in the game especially with cortana and you know, in with certain characters from the games, but 
I feel just in these first two episodes, you get more emotion, you get more, uh, you just get more out of him in, in the way that he react, you know, the way that he interacts with, with Halsey, who is kind of like, I guess a mother figure to him because she's kind of, you know, the head of the whole Spartan program. So it, that was one, one place that they actually did kind of, they kept pretty true to it. I mean, Halsey was, she was the mother of the Spartan program. Mm. And even in, even in the books and the, in the video games, John is like, I would attribute a son to her. I mean, mm. she, he's, he's her favorite. He's the one that is the, the poster child for the Spartan two project. And he's yep. the one that made the Spartans famous. And I feel like they also do a lot of that in the, in the TV show where, you know, Halsey is, is so invested in John. I mean, she, she wants every bit of it and they state multiple times, you know, the fact that John's like the poster child for the war. I mean, he's, he's like the greatest weapon and they right. say that in the video games and it's just, they, they kept that pretty, pretty good because you have to to make it work you have to bring in the lore behind the spartans the spartans are never truly dead they're just missing in action that is one of my favorite lines in the whole video games is that they never die they're just mia and i'm just like i love it i love every bit of that in the were these other spartans part of the games in any way do you remember or is this kind of so no these created for the for the show these these particular other three Spartans that are that are with uh Chief in the show are part of Silver Team and Silver Team is not referenced in the video games or the books in the in the books and the video game uh Master Chief is part of what they called Blue Team and actually on his um on his armor on his Mjolnir armor he still wears the blue team crest on his on his right bicep if you look at it um he's still got an emblem up on there in the in the tv show so that makes me think that blue team is his actual team from the from the video games could still exist mm -hmm. but he they are not part of this and this team is a totally different totally different entity all in itself they they have never existed anywhere except for this okay Makes sense. So, yeah, we we see uh, Dr. Halsey. We have, um, I like the change. Of course, they, um, they took characters that were part of the game and they, they kind of, they you know, they changed their race. They changed kind of the way they interact with people, um, which is, which was cool. You know, Captain, uh, Captain Keys and then his daughter was, um, was the daughter the daughter of Halsey too in the yes games? so there there's was always a, a tie-in that uh Miranda Keys is Halsey's daughter in the video games okay. um did they really make a did I miss did they make like a reference to that in the in the TV show yet so they there was a scene where uh Commander Keys comes to talk to Miranda after she talks to uh Quan and oh. they're having the conversation, you know, and she always calls her Halsey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, pre you know, pretty much just like she takes all the funding. She's, you know, pretty much complaining about her. And 
he's like, you just, you gotta, you know, just gotta relax. It's just how she is. And he's like, yeah, well, it's not, you know, it's a little bit different when it's your mother. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it was, it was kind of like a, like a, yeah, you blow, had to kind of pay attention to that thing. conversation. See, that was one thing I missed, and I'm glad you caught that because yeah. yes, they do reference that in um, they they do reference that in the video games that Halsey is Miranda's mother. What uh, did, the, oh, sorry. The go thing ahead. that uh, the uh, I think the other thing that kind of threw me off was Miranda in the in the games was more of a a leader. I mean, she she was coming into her own, and by Halo Three, she she is like this full on. You know, she takes well. She takes the place of her dad. I mean, she she becomes this this leader, mm -hmm. and um. In this in this uh, this show, it's just she's more of a scientist. She 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 hasn't stepped into any sort of leadership role outside of like the. Um, outside of the labs, I feel. I mean, like she, she's smart. She's really yeah. smart, but she's she. It seems like they've changed kind of her, her upbringing a little bit. Like I, I fully expected her to be like right by your dad's side, like on on the bridge of a ship, right. going, you know, like ah, you know, we're gonna go stick it to the covenant, and they, they haven't really done that. Yeah, you can tell that she's still in her position, she's kind of nervous because she, when she's talking to Quan on the ship, like Quan is confronting her, you know, pretty much like, well, I'll just tell him, you know, you sent the Spartans to kill everybody. And well, that's a lie. And like, she's getting really like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. As Quan just keeps on throwing, throwing shade at her. And is she like, does she work in like the science department? Cause she's studying like, Covenant she's body in, parts. She's and stuff. in Zeno. She's or they. She's in the Zeno like research part. I mean, she's the one that like dissects the the aliens. Basically, I mean, mm -hmm. and anything that's like alien or Zeno to them is technically supposed to go through her. That's why um, you just it, it threw me for such a loop. I was like, this doesn't seem like the Miranda Keys that I that I came to know, but. Again, another one of those changes that I'm not I don't personally have a problem with. It's just out of left field. Kind of right. just kind of different. Oh yeah, I mean um, that the I mean the feeling you got with that is kind of how I think me and most people got when we saw Master Chief take his helmet off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it like, it's oh, just kind of like Yeah, you're just kind of like like, "Oh, okay, so Miranda's here and this is not the Miranda that I know, but okay, they're going to do something with this character and if things kind of remain halfway true maybe she will become you know a really good you know admiral or something you know something down the line i don't know it's hard to say it's right. hard to say what they'll do with the other what is it seven episodes of this show yeah i think it's seven, seven more they did nine total yeah um, i think you're right it's yeah. it's yeah, gonna it's be gonna an be. interesting interesting it's gonna story. be a, it's gonna be a fun journey and i'm i'm very you know of course they threw you know they throw in stuff about cortana you know how they're, mm -hmm. you know, how Halsey's trying to get the Cortana program up, but she keeps getting roadblocks by Admiral. I'm going to mispronounce this woman's name. Uh, Paragoski? Paragoski? You're, you're doing way better than I could. Paragoski is how I, how I, inter how I, uh, interpret it. That um, sounds more like it than what I said. <laughs> but I think, uh, 
that that was another kind of thing that kind of threw me off because we we know for a fact um and this was proven in the trailers that Jen Taylor is going to revise her her role as as Cortana at some point in in this I series know. because you you got that quick little clip of Cortana walking up and going like hi master chief yeah in I'm the trailer Cortana. yep yep and yep. yep and you're just like okay cool um it, it it threw me for a little bit of a loop because in the games again you you see i mean Cortana's supposed to be basically a a spinning image of Halsey yeah. I, I mean Cortana is basically Halsey's brain converted into an AI yep. and uh, nothing against uh, Natasha. She plays a, an amazing, amazing uh, doctor, Dr. Catherine Halsey. Um, it's just different to see like Cortana looking different from her, her, her creator, because I mean, you right. know, in the lore that she was supposed to be just a, basically a mirror copy and they do, um, talk about that a little bit how ais are created about um you have to flash clone a copy of the of of a person and then you have to basically download their brain to create mm -hmm. an ai and it's not legal <laughs> yeah and that's where the roadblocks start to come in and it's just it's different because you're like well you, but you're cloning yourself you're, you're going through this process but this ai that's coming out is not not you it's it's hard yeah. to say I, i'm nitpicking <laughs> yeah i mean i feel that's how what a lot of people are doing and i you know i was doing it too and especially because we're you know we're such fans of the game series that we're gonna do this regardless if we know the true intentions of the showrunners of the show and what their what their plan is for it we're still gonna do it I'm still yeah. going to enjoy the hell out of it because I, oh, yeah. these, these first two episodes I thought were really good. I liked, you know, episode one is that kind of bombastic, you know, here's what's going on and how, this is how things are starting. And we're getting to see some things we didn't, you know, we weren't expecting from, you know, especially from master chief and episode two is kind of, is a little bit slower, but mm -hmm. it's showing, you know, it's showing, people people in john's you know past and you know it's all about escaping it, that episode two is just about escaping you know escaping the past escaping from what john became you know right with with uh the soren character in episode two but sticking to episode one what'd you think of the the special effects what'd you think of the fight scene on magical uh, with the with the covenant and and the weapons so i know a lot of people were like wow that looks kind of tacky in in a certain couple spots which i agree I, I mean there's some that look a little bit more robotic a little bit more cgi'd but i also got to remember what the budget is for this show um it's not like you said earlier a blockbuster movie we're not seeing this insane you know multi-hundred million dollar budget being thrown at this um i think to make a long story short, I think that the CGI and, and the the work that they've done on the visuals is spectacular, all things considered, for, for what they're doing. Because I don't know what or the process is to make legitimately make a Sing Healy out of into CGI. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know what it takes to make a profit in into CGI, but I'm sure it's yeah. a lot of work. So I'm just going to give the guys the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, guys, you did pretty darn good here. I, I have to agree. I just reviewed episode one of Moon Knight 
And the CG in this show looks better than the CG of that show. And that is a Marvel show, like Marvel mm-hmm. Studios. Don't get me wrong, it's a good show. I'm I'm very excited for what's coming for that, but the CG in this look better. And it, it there's yes. there's scenes where they show close-ups of um the the high the priest guy, the of the mm-hmm. covenant, the Yep, the prophets. The prophets. Yep. God damn it. I'm gonna yeah, remember. You, you most you mostly deal with uh you see the three prophets His name's in Mercy, there that are right. Yep, and it's Mercy that you're dealing mostly with because he yeah. was technically the leader of the prophet or leader of the prophets. You get a couple close-up shots of his face and it looks really good. Like the details and mm-hmm. you know the the mouth movement of course is always a, a thing that's kind of gets thrown off cuz you know he's speak but he's also speaking in an alien tongue so it, it it's always just like does it match up? Cuz yeah. that that's always a throw off for me when things are speaking and it doesn't make sense like their mouth is moving but the words just don't mouth, match what the mouth's doing and you're like whoa all right I thought the elites looked, I think out of everything, I think the elites looked a little, they looked okay in certain spots and they looked really good in others. The, the I think the worst part of the special effects for me was when the Spartans first land and you have your, you know, actual actor in suit doing running and then it shows them running really fast and jumping and it just didn't look very smooth. It, it does <laughs> not cut well together. Let's no. put it that way. That was one place I feel they did. They didn't miss. Uh, because you're just it's like you said you see this guy take off and of course a guy in a bulky suit i don't care what it's made out of it he's not going to just you know run at full full sprint right um but then all of a sudden you cut to this next thing which is you know is cgi because all of a sudden this guy is just like full on just running faster than any anybody could ever run and then makes this just amazing leap through the air and you're just like right Okay, that was not as fluid as I'd like it to be, but we got to take some creative liberties here somewhere. Right. So, the fact that so what what is um so when the covenant first show up and you got the elites with with the energy sword, which I thought looked really cool, and I th- mm-hmm. I was one of those like, oh my god, it's the sword. Um, when the you know, the people of Magical are fighting and they're shooting at them and it's just, you know, it's just shooting at their shields and nothing's happening and it doesn't deplete their shields until the Spartans show up and they're shooting at them and it depletes their shields, which then they can kill them. Is it because they're using different ammo? I, I think weapons? there's actually a, a quick little reference that Chief says something about about that, about the battle rifle that he that he has in his hand is is either a high higher caliber rifle or something like that because um he even kind of he even kind of mentions uh to Quan when they're on the ship later he, he, something about you know when Quan kind of aims a gun at him he goes like this suit has got a you know energy shield and stuff like that the bullets will just bounce bounce off so I yeah. feel like you when you're on Madrigal you're kind of led into this story that these people are kind of on a backwater planet. Yeah. They, they, they don't have nice things. They, they're very, they're very far back in technology. So I think it just kind of, I think it was kind of a, a creative Liberty. That's that some of the directors took that. It was like, we're, we're supposed to show that humanity in these 
kind of outer reaches of these planets, they, they don't have the stuff that the UNSC has. The, these yeah. people have been at war with the UNSC. It's working fine. You know, um, their weapons are working fine against the UNSC because they're fighting humans that don't have power, you know, energy shields. They've, they've got no power weapons, stuff like that until the Spartans come walking in. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. we can't do anything because we don't yeah. have the weapons for it. So yeah. no, to answer your question, I think it's just because the Spartans do, they have a, they have a more high caliber round or their, their, uh, their weapons are just more, I mean, they're designed for it. I mean, they've been fighting the covenant. I, and they don't ever say for how long in the TV show yet, but you know that they've been battling them for a while. And I feel like things have just kind of been made to, because they to know fight covenant. Yeah. yeah. They know what they're coming up against. So. Yeah. All right. That was just something that was, it was a minor thing I was thinking about. I was like, these people are literally shooting a lot of rounds at these elites and nothing's happening. And then the Spartans mm-hmm. just show up and just like, all right, we're killing them all. <laughs> yeah. With ease. It, it, they kind of cleaned house awfully quick. Oh, they the did. Spartans showed up. Yeah. Oh man. Which oh. <laughs> I think was also another thing because, you know, the, the Spartans are supposed to be these amazing unstoppable war machines i mean and so for these people who have these kind of inferior weapons to them it would it would look like oh my god these guys are unstoppable because they could just they took out a whole army of elites when we were shooting at one of them and the dude kind of just was like hey you're making me mad and yeah killed a bunch of them were were you like me who was really hoping little grunts were just going to come out of the out of that oh, too when the elites I were walking out? I have never been so upset <laughs> with the fact that I did not see a grunt. Oh man, I've, I, out of any freaking thing from the Covenant, I, I I just want grunts. All right, give me some grunts. Why did I? I had such a hope. There was a part of me in the back of my head when they when they breached the main gate on Madrigal. That I was going to see like five grunts with like sticky grenades, t- you know, stuck to their palms, running around, going like "I'm yeah. gonna kill you," you know, yeah. something like that. And uh, that didn't happen. And you right. don't see, you don't even see a grunt. And it's just like, where, where's the grunts? Yeah, I, I, I was told that there was the covenant, and there would be grunts <laughs> here. And you're just like, yeah, honestly. Honestly, I feel like that was almost more of a letdown for me than anything else in in the first episode. <laughs> I I was right there with you, hundred <laughs> percent. I one of the things I do want to like complain about with this uh, with the episode one when it comes to magicals. So the, when you first show up in magical, it's like in this I guess pub, um, where everybody's gathered. They're playing like some sort of game, and there it always it kind of focuses on this one guy who later dies uh as does everyone in this goddamn room <laughs> but it shows but it's the guy the older guy the grumpier guy who tells the story of you know about at first about how many marines he's killed because th- this planet hates the unsc and mm-hmm. then it, they talk about the spartans and it's like you know and, and he pretty much plays them up being like yeah there's no you don't kill these guys they kill you right. and then they they find other some way to kill you more. <laughs> yeah. Then they bring and, you back and then they kill you again. <laughs> and that's the thing is like this scene kind of is set up to kind of give you a like connect with these with these characters, I feel. At least when you're first watching, you're like, okay, 
we're getting we're kind of getting the feel of this planet. We're getting the feel of these characters. They're always showing this dude with the long hair. It's like the younger guy <laughs> yeah. who's like sitting there. And then later on, they all die. They just all die. And they, I don't. And to be focus. honest, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't wow, really care. It's I, like I was starting to get invested in these characters, and <laughs> yeah. you just off them right here. So I guess nothing's really on the table here. I mean, right. we're, we're just gonna we're gonna just sit there and just take the plan and just completely throw the plan out the window and just go, hey, let's just kill everybody. Oh, it was it was a very weird. It was a very odd choice, I believe. I feel like they they were they were wanting something, and they're like, "Nah, we can't do it. It's too much time. We got to cut that. Just kill them all." <laughs> and I, I just say real quick how quickly my heart dropped when t- at the end of the the fight, her Quan's dad is still alive, and you're just like sitting there going like, "Oh yay, the happy the happy rejo-, you know yeah they're, they're going to realize that they're both alive and everything yep. like that, and then all of a sudden you just. I mean, they went through such detail so that you watch him die. Oh, yeah. You watch the life drain from his body. And I'm just like, oh, that broke my heart just a little bit because you're just like, yes, these two are going to be like this awesome team and this with John for some reason. And then all of a sudden they kill him and you're just like, yeah, okay, screw that. I have no idea what the heck's going on here. Yeah, it was it was it was an interesting choice. Some of the, the the choices they made in this entire scene was just like, okay, I wasn't seeing that happening, but I guess I should have expected it. You know, you got to have a a parent die to push somebody else to, to push the story along. That's just how Hollywood works. All right, kill a we're parent. All right, we're gonna kill a parent. Yeah, yeah, we're we gonna get we're it. Pull a Batman. We get it. Batman's parents die. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And now we got to have a really deep and dark and brooding child who hates the world. <laughs> it's Batman, but in space, oh. it's space Batman. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I I really enjoy and I can't wait to see more of the whole thing behind John and the. Whatever the hell he finds in that cave, that piece that he touches and it causes him to see memories of his of his past. You know, of course him touching that causes him to kind of feel things because Spartans are kind of conditioned to not really feel emotions. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're conditioned to be soldiers and to get orders and, you know, and do the orders, complete them and, and move on to the next thing. And this device opens something up in John where he, you know, the UNSC, they determine this you know this girl needs to die the uh kwan and john is tasked in doing it because he's with her and he sabotages the ship and you know pretty much turns on everything he's known uh just to right. protect this girl that he believes shouldn't die you know just because they you and you wants to make sure there is no one out there to pretty much tell on him for fucking up pretty much Absolutely. And I think that was something. And and if somebody who knows a little bit more about the Halo universe and the video games and the books can, I mean, if, if you're listening to this and, and you want to yell at me in the comments, please do. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that in the, in the books and in the comics or comics in the games, I don't believe that they, uh, I don't believe that they condition the Spartans to, forget their childhoods 
Mm-hmm. Um, now, while while in the video games, they are trained to follow orders, and they um, they're mean, lean, mean killing machines. I don't remember them ever like completely wiping their memory, and I feel like that's something new in the TV show. And it's I think, but I think that that's adding a whole nother thing because you're start you're you're more invested in John now. You he's learning about this whole life that basically he didn't even know he had, yep. and you're you're going to see because you know it's got to happen. You're going to see at some point where he's just whisked away by the unsc because he got chosen to be a spartan and he's torn away from his family and um you know uh he's subjected to all these different augmentations and stuff like that you know to become a spartan but i i i do seem to remember uh i think it's in the uh, uh i think it's in the ghosts of reach book uh i think you actually dive pretty deep and he seems to remember like all of his childhood memories and growing up and stuff like that so um i i don't think that's the same but again it's probably something that they're going to use to build a bigger story in the end so i could see that i mean they kind of uh hint to it in episode two which we are going to be throwing spoilers out there for episode two so if you haven't watched episode two of halo don't uh, stop here come back when when you're done um just watch this whole thing after you've watched the first two episodes ex- please <laughs> exactly yeah so we meet a character named soren uh he's originally soren 066 he was a spartan uh but he chooses to escape he wants to get out of the program and the whole episode opens up to him uh to john you think john is going to join him like john sneaks out of bed which you figure it's him because he kind of looks like the dude who plays uh, the adult ver- the the actual version of Master Chief that we saw in episode one. And he goes out there and you think, oh, is he trying to escape too? But he actually turns on him and tells him to come back. Like, I'm going to I'm, I'm pretty much going to tell like you either come back or I kill you. And, you know, and then later on when you meet Soren, you know, during the, the actual timeline here, he talks, what does he talk about? Like he has something in like, take something out and you, and be free. Just, well, it's basically like they, he talks about, you know, their, their quote unquote programming that they do to the Spartans. And it's basically just like, if you, if you don't subject yourself to their, whatever, you know, whatever it is, procedures, mind erase erasement, whatever you can be free. I mean, basically, he's just say, he's saying, like, if you leave the UNSC, you can be a free man. I mean, yeah. th- there's nothing there's nothing that is inside you that they did to you that is going to make you a Spartan forever. You can leave and you can just become just this really big buff. I can punch through walls, dude, that just is whatever, you know. Yeah. Basically, he's just offering. I mean, he's doing the same thing that he did at the beginning of the episode, which is he's just like, John, just be free. Do, do what you want. You don't have to be this tool that the UNSC is using because uh, right. Soren sees the UNSC for what it, what it is. It's using the Spartans as these just they're they're weapons. They're not people. They don't care if 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 a Spartan dies, they make another Spartan and right. They continue on. I mean, they're just they're just expendable at that rate. And Soren's trying to get that through to Master Chief, and you start to see that in the second episode that now that 
some of Master Chief's memories are getting unlocked, he's starting to be like, okay, maybe Soren's got a point here, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm starting to understand, you know, but it towards the end, you kind of also see that even though John has free thinking now, to a lesser extent, he still does what he believes is right, and that is he's got to sacrifice you know, like the one person for the sake of the many. He's got to, he's got to say no to the freedom yep. so that he can save humanity as a whole. And it, that's where you're starting to see. I'm personally starting to see more of the characteristics of the Master Chief that's in the video games come, come in. Because Master Chief in the video games, to me, was this free thinker who was able to feel emotions, who was able to make his own decisions. And in the first episode and part of the second episode, you're kind of like, this dude is hardwired. He he makes his you know that he's already been programmed. He he makes the choices that people want him to make, um, and he doesn't feel emotion. He has no idea <laughs> because I think yeah. there's one time when when Quan like asks him and he's just like she's like why didn't you do this and he's like I don't know I yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just I feel like he's starting to get rid of his programming and maybe this is where you're really going to feel like you're going to dive into John himself because you're going to feel like, Hey, I, I know this character now. Yeah. So well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think you'll see a lot of it in, in episode three. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I really liked the, the whole, you know, seeing somebody who escaped the Spartan program with Soren um, what he's doing now he's like the freaking he's like a king he's like you know the the leader of this entire i don't know if it's a planet or if it's like an asteroid or what this is but he's like the 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 head honcho here mm-hmm. and you know seeing you know john gets to see you know talks about has it having a kid he's like you have a kid like and a wife and even the fact of like him eating food and he's like how is it and he's like i don't i can't taste anything I don't taste anything. It just goes to show you how legitimate whatever brainwashed or just mind numbed that the UNSC made John. I mean, it's just they've controlled him down to the point where the dude doesn't even know what I mean, food tastes like. He's just like, it's just food. I I eat food. Right. But it's funny because he doesn't understand how what food tastes like but in back in episode one he jokes with Quan where she asks him what he eats and he tells her like nuts and bolts and and chips and she's like what and he's like it's a joke and i was like is this part of the whole him having that new consciousness consciousness now where he's you know experiencing these new things where now he can crack a joke where he probably that wasn't even thought of you know beforehand I feel like there's a lot of that going on. You're you're just right. you're seeing you're seeing Master Chief or well, you're seeing less of Master Chief, you're seeing more of John. Yeah. Master Chief is the guy is the guy that was trained to kill and that was all he should know. Yeah. And now you're seeing John who's got a sense of humanity and is able to make emotional decisions based upon I mean like saving Quan, you know, not yeah. choosing not to let them kill her. Uh he does very hard thing i think at the end of episode or towards the end of episode two where he leaves kwan with soren um because he wants kwan to be safe i mean mm. he knows that kwan's got a bounty on her head um and that's not even just the unsc it's um uh 
uh, what's his name, uh, Grath that has taken over Madrigal, the the guy that's um, yeah, like the taking over the guy. Seat. Yeah, and the funny part is, is I can't and I can't stop this. It's the same guy that was in Pacific Rim, yeah, that played the, the crazy scientist, yeah. and all I can see every time I see him on the screen now is I just feel like he should just be raving about Kaiju. <laughs> like, like I don't, I don't see him like there's a whole section in, in episode two where he's got people lined up with bags on their heads and he's just, he's, he's just murdering them, murking them, firing yeah. squad one down. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, this is not this guy. This guy yeah. should be just, he should be, have like a whole bunch of stuff plugged into his head and should be mind melding with a Kaiju right now. Just freaking out about stuff. Um, yeah, he played. Um, he was in The Dark Knight Rises too. He played kind of a a bad guy in that. And that was the first time I ever saw him. Was in was in that, and then I remember seeing Pacific Rim after, and I was like, "Oh, that's a weird turn." And then seeing mm-hmm. him in this, where you see him in the first episode, and you don't know exactly who he is. You just know that people don't like him. Right. He works for Jin, who was the father of Quan. Um, and now that Jin is dead. You know, he is now like the leader of Madrigal or yeah, of Madrigal. And he's like a dictator. He's ruthless. He was literally lining people up and executing them in the streets. And there was even that one scene where or that one part of it all where he he stops at one and he lifts up her hood. And she's she doesn't look very old. She's probably a teenager. And he's just like, yeah, fuck it. And then just continues on. And yeah, you're like, Ooh. I mean, he's got like no he's got no care in the world like anybody no. that doesn't align with me well you're just gonna die and yep. that's fine and there's actually a little snippet in in the second episode where they talk about him taking over the rule of madrigal yeah um where they're just like you you kind of find out that the unsc kind of had him in place because he he favors the unsc he's not yeah. a rebel and they had him in place so that if for some reason they could do a coup and they could because they need they needed Madrigal for its resources. Yeah. And while and while they were doing that, you know, Madrigal was still helping the UNSC to a certain extent with their resources, but then they were like, well, just in case this guy decides like, hey, we're not going to help the UNSC at all because we just hate him. You know, they he they, he was like, we could totally just do a coup and just put this guy in power. And then all of a sudden you just kind of hear them on this one-off thing. They're like, this guy's got a little bit more of an iron fist than I thought he'd have, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden it like flashes to this the scene of this guy just walking down and just like shooting people in the face. And you're just like, you're like, yeah, that's a little bit more of an iron fist than I think. I really hope it's not a problem though, down the road when it comes to the show and focusing on too many like bad guys, like you have the covenant you have, and then you have this guy too. And also like the UNSC is also kind of the villain as you know, they're the orchestrators of, of Grath. It's, I, I really hope it all it all ties in very nicely at the end. Um, I feel there's just a lot of shows lately that are have been solid throughout, and then it, they 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 just can't stick the landing. It they they tend to just kind of expand out a little too far outside their grasp, and then at the end of the season they can't wrap that whole nice yeah, thing. Yeah, they in can't a, wrangle them all nice back in. in. Yeah, yeah. And I, I get, I, sh- I share that exact same feeling because it's like you said, we've got, we've got Grath now that we feel is going to be a bad guy at some point. Um, we've got the Covenant, we've got the Prophets, we've got, uh, I mean the the Civil War with the UNSC is still technically going going on. You, we got to figure out, you know, 
because like you said the unsc is not is definitely portrayed that they are not the perfect good guys in this they they have a bad a really bad side and they have their own agenda too yeah um and so i just feel like there's like a lot of negatives out there that i'm just like how are these all going to tie together in the next you've only got seven episodes so you've got you've got seven hours to tell us a pretty big web to kind of wrangle everything in because you got to even look at halsey too she's not a good guy in this she's the one who created the spartan program to begin Mm -hmm. with you know which she in in all fairness halsey even in the video games is a pretty sketchy character yeah she looks out for number one and that's her yeah i mean she she wants the her way so yeah it's ultimately it's like who's the good guy in the story <laughs> that's just it i don't know if there is one other exactly. than I, I guess maybe john i guess you kind of yeah. figure he's going to be a good guy um the so you know the whole thing with john meeting up with this um i don't know if he was like some seer in the jail uh on the on soren's planet there Oh, yes. Um, I can't think of his name, but yeah, the guy that was taken, he was abducted by the Covenant and he made it off of one of their ship, ships alive. Yeah. And he yeah, can so, like see things. Yep. And yeah, because they supposedly experimented on him. Yeah. Didn't, didn't they? Yeah. Something like that. Where is the, the probe? Yep. And he touches the device and it does nothing. And then when John touches it, it does. You know, it shoots off that big ray of blue and the guy freaks out and, you know, tells him, you know, who are you? What, you know, I know what you are type deal. And John's trying to figure out, like, who am I? I don't really like you tell me who I am. And then it all kind of puts it in his head that. All right, I need to go back because this is more extreme. This is more than just me more about me trying to figure out who I am. This is about trying making sure that, you know, the covenant will go out and just destroy the universe mm-hmm. so, yeah it's the first that's the first time we hear about the actual halos right or or i mean yeah. they don't call it halo they just no, call they just call them the rings the rings and they he doesn't even really know 100 percent of what it does he's just like he's just like it's just basically ex- extinction i mean like yeah. everything dies the end of humankind pretty much yep i, I oh sorry go ahead no, no, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like, <sighs> again, a, a little bit of a deviation from it because they're finding out about the Halo Array a, a totally different way than they, they do in Combat Evolved, where it, which is legitimately, they like crash land on one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just, it's different. It's, it's kind of different to see a, a different way for them to find out about it. Right. I guess. I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of a different take. Yeah, it's interesting. We uh we see John, he goes back to Reach and turns himself in, turns the device over. Um of course they strip him of his armor, so he's taken in, you know, he's he's just John now. You know, he's not mm-hmm. he doesn't have any of, of his armor. You know, Halsey is very you know, sneaky. She sneaks up behind and she takes the device before, you know, any of the higher ups at, in the UNSC you know, get it. And John and Halsey, they have this conversation about, you know, about what's going on with him. 
and she kind of is very supportive. Is she truly supportive or is it kind of just her, you know, wanting to hear something new? I, I don't know. She seems genuinely comfortable and and she she really does care. I feel she does care for these for the people that are, you know, the Spartans, especially John. Mm -hmm. Because I, I don't know. I, I feel like you're on to something there. I mean, I, I think she sees them as her kids. Um, yeah. She she trained them. She raised them. Or I guess she didn't raise them, but she she was the one that saw them through from the beginning of the Spartan Project to where they are now. And but I also think you know you kind of hear them talk uh, where uh, Halsey is trying to get you know the the okay go on the you know get finishing the Cortana project um, because we haven't actually seen Cortana herself in in this uh, to this point yet. And um, she the main case she makes on this to uh, the uh, Admiral Hood is that she can use it to control John. Yeah. So I feel like if that's true and if she's not just doing, you know, saying that just to get, you know, the funding or or whatever red tape she needs off of it, mm -hmm. um I feel like she could still kind of be in that in that thing where she's like, "No, we we need to control you because who's to say what happens if all of a sudden you uh you you just kind of go do your own thing, you know?" Right. And that's kind of interesting because they did explore what happens when John goes AWOL in uh, uh, five. Was it? Yeah, five. Five is is the one where he technically is AWOL from the UNSC. Right. And you have and, to uh, use the other character, their lock or something to. Yeah, you have. You're him. technically Agent Lock in a couple of missions and stuff like that, and you're hunting John down. And it's it's. Uh, so I, I, I'm able to see kind of a parallel between those two, you know, John's doing what he wants to do and stuff like that. It'll just be interesting to see if Halsey actually programs Cortana to be a basically a, a mind controlling device. Right. Whereas in in the, from the start, Cortana is just basically just a tool in, in the games. I mean, yeah. she's got no there's nothing to do with brain control. Um, yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if they even paint Cortana to be out as a bad guy from the from the start. Now we have a theory that someday down the line, if they continue to make multiple seasons of this, that they'll probably turn Cortana into a bad guy to continue on, you know, with kind of a parallel of what happened in the games. But right. um it'll just be interesting to see if they if they kind of show that she is kind of a bad guy you know a bad person you know just at the very beginning of where you where we meet her yeah if she's just something to really further the control by halsey on mm -hmm. her on at least john because i know she talked you know she tells um the scientist that she's working with i don't know i didn't catch his name if he had one um about how they want to use cortana on john like, mm -hmm. That was that's their prime. That's her prime objective is to when she you know Cortana is finished. John is who uh, she will be with. What is the what is the story behind the body though? So they have like that clone body. So I I touched on that a little a little bit earlier, um, but I can dive into it a little bit more now because you know we're spoiler free here. Um, the in the in the books, and it seems that they're they're having a very good tie in with this. 
the only way that an AI was originally able to be created was basically, or I shouldn't say an AI. There, there are two different types of AIs in the Halo universe, a smart AI and a dumb AI. Dumb AIs uh, ran your ship. They, they could do, like, simple tasks, plot courses, you know, run certain aspects of the ship, you know, bring weapons online, change the power here, do, you know, turn lights on there. Yeah. Smart AIs are like Cortana. They can think, they learn, they adapt, and they they grow. I mean, basically, yeah. um, they're they're able to be like a human and and continue to learn, and um, that's what leads to um what they eventually call rampancy, um, in smart AI because in the uh, books and video games they talk about how after. I can't even remember. It's like it's either like four or seven years. I can't remember. Uh, it's just the, the, basically the AI gets too smart and its processing power can't handle it anymore. So it starts to go crazy because it can't handle all of the processes and the things it's learned and stuff like that. Yeah. And so basically to create an, an AI that can handle this sort of processing, they have to legitimately copy a brain and to create Cortana, Halsey Flash clones herself, which is legitimately like if you could step into a pod and press a button and then all of a sudden out of the pod next to you, a perfectly identical copy of you just comes walking out. I mean, like you've completely created a totally perfectly identical, you know, right. copy of yourself. Um, yeah. It's just. Basically, then she takes that, and you see it in the episode. She's got it in. She's got her clone in like this suspended animation chamber or whatever. Yeah. Basically, what she's going to do with that, and this isn't. I don't think this is spoilers for episode three. She's going to basically kill this clone. She's going to download its brain, kill the, kill the body, and she's going to turn that that brain into Cortana. Yeah. Okay. That, that that's how that's how smart AIs come to be. And that's, you actually hear a mention of it in episode two where they're talking about the whole Cortana project with the kind of the higher ups of the UNSC about flash cloning and why, why it's illegal and all the red tape behind that. So, um, they are holding to the video games in, in that aspect of how Cortana came to be. Well, breaking it all down, breaking it all down. (laughs) I love it. All right, well, that's where we're going to end this episode. It was kind of just a conversation. We didn't really do plot, you know, plot from beginning to end. We kind of just threw everything everywhere. Uh, Shoning, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I love being here, and I'll come back anytime you want me. Absolutely. We're going to be doing this weekly, so Shoning is going to be sticking around every week for the rest of this season to talk more Halo So we'll be back next week to talk episode three. We're going to be doing uh, just one episode per episode of the show uh, going forward. And yeah, this will be out Monday. So when you're watching it, it is Monday, hopefully. Uh, A lot of content this week on the channel. This will be the first week. I'm not saying it's not going to be every week, but this will be the first week where there will be a piece of content every single day. So on Monday will be this episode of slice of tv tuesday will be our video debut of geez resident evil afterlife an episode (laughs) that we did back in july 
Uh, it's our it's the first time it's gonna be in video form. Wednesday will be our fresh cut of Fresh, <laughs> the <laughs> movie from uh, the Sebastian Stan movie on Hulu. Uh, Dan and Angela will be joining me for that. Thursday will be my solo venture into episode two of Moon Knight. And then Friday will be our uh, regular podcast episode, episode 49 of, and that one is going to be probably one of my favorite episodes. We, as, as of this recording, we haven't recorded yet, but I already know it's going to be one of my favorite recordings because we are talking about the dark Knight. Whew. It's going to be that a good be one. A fun one. That, oh, that'll yeah. be fun. I can't wait to hear this one. It's going to be so much, so much fun. So yeah, it's a lot of content this week, but don't expect it every week because it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Shoning, where can people find you? Uh basically just go to any social platform and type in at Shoning S C H Zero E N I N G and you can probably find me. I'm gonna put all of his links down in the description. So if you're like, what? Uh you can just click on any of the links down below. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shoning also streams on Twitch sometimes. I, I do. I have been off of off of uh, streaming due to having a kiddo recently and enjoying some time being a dad. But I am slowly making my comeback, uh, and it'll probably be pretty spotty um, during the during the spring here. But uh, I will be making a more of an appear, appearance. I hope during the summer months. Very exciting. So make sure to click on that Twitch link down below and drop him a follow if you are someone who enjoys watching streams. Sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes I do. sometimes <laughs> sometimes <What>? i don't <laughs> until next time i am your host brett parker and that is andrew shoning and this is slice of tv we'll see y'all next time bye Peace out, everybody <laughs>